Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Diapers, Duct Take Dollars. I'm Mathen with my co-host Micah. Yeah, boy. He finally decided that I was ready to take the reins and give us the intro. So I'm really <laughs> excited. I hope I don't mess it up, but I have a feeling I will. But today we are talking, uh, doing a podcast about Father's Day. So we're taking a look at an article about... Uh, husbands and uh, men now who are looking back on financial advice that their fathers may have given them uh, throughout the years, either as children or teens or even as adults. And we're going to kind of apply that to, you know, what we've been through or to, you know, situations that it would be useful for. So hopefully you can learn something from what we're talking about today. Um, If you haven't already, make sure you go check out last week's uh, podcast episode. We did a really deep dive into cash flow and, um, different investments that allow you to bring cash flow in either monthly, quarterly, or annually. So make sure you go back and check that out. Yeah. So <laughs> give, Matt, give Matt the opportunity yeah. today. We're joking about it. It's like, I want to open up. I was like, here you go, man. You got it. <laughs> it was, you should have heard it before we started. He was talking about how uh, he was going to bash me, <laughs> take it to the next level. I felt a little hurt. I was like, let's go into your head, Matt, power monger over here. You give your brother an inch and they take 10 miles. That's the way it goes. But anyways, yeah, we're excited about today's episode. But before we go into learning about different ideas that kids have learned from their fathers, good and bad, we're going to talk about a scripture verse today, which we find ourselves in, in 1 Timothy. <laughs> I like Come it. Come on. 5, 8. And it, says, it says this. I can't even take you serious right now. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I'll read that one more time just in case you couldn't hear over the dramatic choir <laughs> organ in the background. Yeah, For real, man. Not all of us can be professional musicians. Anyways, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. An idea of this we kind of find uh, on one study. It says, for those of you struggling to find work, don't get down on yourself. This idea is more about your heart and desire. See, being a father who provides covers more than just rent and food. As a dad, as a father figure, it is our responsibility to make sure our family's needs are addressed across the board. So take this from our scripture. Be encouraged and look for ways to give to your family, even when it's hard financially. And it goes exactly what we're kind of talking about today is we look up to our dads or our father figures in life. And there are times where, as a father, you can kind of feel that stress load, that that hardship, because you feel that pressure to provide for your family. And you be surprised what your kids are learning from us during those times. They see our actions, they see our motivation, they they see if we speak and act on the words that we talk about, or if we say things but act completely different. Yeah, they're sponges. They they're literally soaking up everything they see. I know with Eden, I could say a new word, and she's gonna say that word consistently. Or even if, with a behavior, you know, if I if I throw something into the the toy bin, she's gonna start throwing things in the toy bin. So you, your kids are learning from you. They're soaking up everything you're you're talking about and doing and it's the same financially you know you, what example are you setting for your kids how are you spending your money are you just being lavish and wasteful with your money or how are you spending it yeah and it's and that's the best part is we're, we're allowing ourselves to kind of learn from what some things that we saw as growing up or what other people have seen growing up and we allow ourselves the opportunity to say hey if i started if i start instilling things now 
over time that I hope that we they pray that they'll learn these life lessons for the future down the road. Like we'll, we're going to talk about some things that some some kids learn from their fathers. And as I was as me and Matthew were kind of reading over this article before we talked about it right now on this podcast, you know, I related to myself thinking about my kids and to say, man, I hope that the good things that I that I'm doing well, they 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 see and they take. And then the bad things that I do, they kind of throw away because I know that everybody has good things to offer and bad things. We're all, you know, we're all human. We're all fathers and we all sometimes have faults. But the good thing is we're allowing ourselves even now, right now, to better ourselves for the future. And all you hardworking fathers out there, I know it can be tough. I know it can be hard. We talked about this from the very beginning. You work eight hours, maybe 10 hours, maybe 12 hour shifts. You know, it's I mean, you're trying to grind to provide that American capitalistic dream for your family. And it can get you down sometimes. So we just want to remind you to be encouraged and look look for the ways that you can give for your family, even when it's financially hard, just by your love, your words, your affirmation, and your actions. And you'll you'll be surprised, just like what Matthew was talking about, how your kids will pick that up and understand the importance and how significantly it, you are to your family. Dads, you mean you're so important to your to your family, you have no idea. And it's just good to be affirmed through affirmation about those specific things. So so what we're going to do today is we're going to look over an article, and this article came out uh, way back, back in like 2019, I believe, and it's from the a site where we give our sources their credit from bankrate.com. They have information that goes over banking, mortgages, and insurances, and retirement, and equities, but this specific article was about personal finances, and, and the idea of the title, is it says, Father's Day, the best money advice our readers got from their dads. And this article written by Kelly Smith is just going over specific information about what kids learn from their dads about financial needs and financial tips. And so what we're going to do is we're only going to do five of these and we're going to break these. We're going to break these down. The reason I'm laughing is I'll be honest with you guys. So there's five of these. And Matthew earlier, (laughs) he pitched this idea. We're going to do five topics in five minutes. Wow, my eyes got super thick there, didn't they? <laughs> my goodness. You know, you went out, you went, lived in Missouri for a little bit. You got, oh, okay. you got, you got to change the accent. <laughs> but anyways, so we're going to go over five of these. I don't know if we'll spend a minute on each of these, maybe a little bit more. But that's the goal. That, that is the goal. I kind of feel less uh, hype now without my organ music, but it's oh, all good. About Here you go. No, you're you go, good. Ready? You're good. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the Lord made a way when there was no way. But anyways. So anyways, we're going to start off. Um, I'm going to do the first one. The math will take the second one, and we'll just kind of go together and bounce, bounce off our ideas or whatnot. Are you pulling out a timer right now? I got now? a timer. I'm making sure you stay in your time limit, boy. You're ridiculous. Well, what? Man. I'm just making sure you, you do what you're supposed you, to. You know, that I tell students all the time when I'm talking to them, like, give me 15, 20 minutes. They always laugh because I always go over. Uh, it's like you're a pastor. It's like you got one conclusion, two conclusions, three conclusions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so all I about, understand. Oh, whatever. Here we go. All right. <laughs> I can't focus. You, you can tell we've had our caffeine today. I probably already said that, but you can really tell. Anyways, so first off, I'm going to I'm gonna go over the topic. The first thing that we learned from is a guy's name is Richard G. He says, my dad's best advice was unspoken. See, he demonstrated living within your means, saving for retirement early and often, and never paying a finance charge by paying uh, your bills, but paid them every pay them fully in every month. His worst advice was also unspoken, though, meaning he never talked about finances at all to his kids. So we had to pick up stuff on our own, which his title for this one life lesson: live within your means. And we can we can kind of understand that as a, you know as being brothers under the same household. You know, there's times where you learn great financial advice from your fathers, from your family members, your, you know, your grandpas, 
and your dad's telling you things that you need to learn, like that first time of going out and buying your first car and you, you know, you call your dad for financial information or going out and you're thinking about purchasing your first house, you know, you're, you're leaning upon your family for that guidance and for information. And so you've seen traits and situations where, you know, your parents lead you and guide you, especially with your father figure. And you've picked up some, sometimes I catch myself with some of those same traits that, you know, that I've, I've picked up through the years, but I like the part where it really says he also learned some of the worst advice with the unspoken, meaning he never talked about finances. And I think that's one of the most critical things why we even started a podcast was to share information for financial literacy and to understand financial advice because we live in a society nowadays where it, talking about money sometimes can be private. You don't want to really... It's one of those taboo things. Yeah. Like, don't talk about your money. Don't, don't put it out there for everybody to know or understand. And I think that's kind of one of the injustices that we have because if you could just have the opportunity to freely talk about financial money and and put out there, hey, these are really good books that you want to be able to read if it's, uh, um, you know, Money Mastered the Game or, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad or uh, Intelligent Investor. like Dave book, Ramsey, any of his stuff. Too. Yeah, Cold Money Makeover, like books yeah. that you really understand that, yeah, I've messed up. I may have not learned the best financial ideas or financial traits. Maybe subconsciously I've learned bad traits. It's possible that because there are there are family members that you learn from that they go out and spend money. They they they've done that their whole lives. They spend more than what they they get in. Like those are traits that you can learn or you could actually do. And then to understand that, oh wow, I have I've messed up personally. You know, I've I've cured debt. I've messed up maybe with credit cards. And so I needed to understand like, okay, I understand that financially I need to know more and I need to learn better. And so to get that financial literacy under understanding that, wow, I can, I can learn and I can do it with simply of just getting on the internet and finding some really good books that we recommend, listening to podcasts, getting into groups that are supportive and allow yourself yeah. to, you know, better your financial up so that your family can do better from it. And it's obviously it's not just going to take the dad. It takes the whole family. It's got to be a, a whole idea between you and your marriage to say, Hey, we got to work this together. So what are some applicable ways of living within your means, Micah? Like what can, what can I do to show my family? Like, Hey, we're living within our means. Well, yeah. The first thing I would do is first off, it would be to create a budget. I think we talked about that last week and the week before that, but I, I think I read it. It was either either Dave Dave Ramsey. He might've said this, but he calls it the $0 budgeting system. I believe, or he yeah. he's he understands that everything that he has, he, his dollar has a purpose. So the way he does is he sets up a budget. And, you know, you can do this through apps nowadays, Excel or anything like that, and it allows you to find out where your money's going. So if your money's going towards these bills, towards your house, you know, towards your insurances, so you have it all set up. But then he goes deeper into that. It's just not paying off your bills. It's also paying yourself. We talked about this last week. Setting your money up towards paying yourself for your investments, paying your tithes. He even has it broken down where he's spending this much money in groceries, spending this much money in gas, but it allows you to live within your means to finally understanding what you have left over and what you can do with that money left over, which his breaks down all the way to a zero system. So technically at the end of the month, there's no money left because you exactly know where it's going. And what I mean by no money left is mean that rest of that money that's been put aside is usually going into your savings or investing account. But it's the opposite effect would be going out. And so you got to you got to raise like, whoo, I'm making $10,000 extra this year. Or I know it's a huge raise or even $5,000 extra this year. And what do you do? You're like, oh, I got let's go buy a brand new car. Let's, so you yeah. go out, you go buy a brand new car or you're like, hey, let's go 
let's take it to the next level and let's go buy a brand new boat or you know like you're you're basically you're, you're investing in something so then you're adding that extra monthly income of seven hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars a month payment so then it zaps away the monthly gains that you just got so then you're like find yourself exactly in a infinity circle almost where you're in the same location you just were you got the raise you're excited you're going to be making more money and then now you're complaining and you're sad again because you're in the same financial yeah if you're if, if you get a raise or something and you're still living paycheck to paycheck like that's on you you've you've raised your cost of living what you shouldn't have done if you're getting a raise that's more money you can be putting back so you have to live within your means you got to keep your budget i know that people will become wealthy by when they get raises or increase in wages or other sources of incomes, they keep their living style the same and they just decide to disperse that money into other investment vehicles. So you've got to live within your means. And this really goes great with our second point. Well, I was going to say before that, I found this, uh, this whatever stat or data information. And it says that it's no secret that Americans have a tough time making ends meet. It says a recent bank rate study, because we're on bank rate side, survey found that 60%, 60% of Americans would cover, couldn't cover, I mean, 60% of Americans wouldn't be able to cover an emergency ex expense with their savings. It's a scary statistic that, you know, that spawned from the result of carrying on too much debt and too much load and not having enough savings or actually having enough short time investment. And actually, Matt, until the other day, I was watching, there's like this, uh, I think it's called Bad Money or something on Netflix. And I saw a stat that said that, um, majority of majority of American adults, I think it's 30 percent of them, can't even cover four hundred dollars in emergency sad, expenses. Man. Sad. Yeah. So if, if they were to have a situation happen and four hundred dollars was the was the number they needed, thirty percent of, of Americans couldn't be able to provide for that, and it's it's heartbreaking. And it's tough. So it's really important to understand that you need a building a budget builder, and you also need to understand they have short term goals, but then obviously your long term goals. That you need to reach as well. So I love I love that what, what um, Richard learned from his dad here, which is living within your means, understanding that you need to put money back, and understand that it's not a uh, a short term race; it's a long race. So you need to have those those things set in place, and you can grow from that. So this will go into math and here our second point, and which is get smart with your savings. So picking up where Micah left off, you know if. Well, families can't cover a $400 expense. And I know there's been lots of families been there. You know, I've seen it. I've been there. I saw it growing up. Like there's times where finances are tight, but you have to figure out your budget. That way you have money to be able to put back into savings. All right. Because there is going to come a rainy day, whether you think so or not. Your life might be bright and sunshiny right now. There is going to come a rainy day. Uh, where something's going to go wrong. All right. That's Murphy's law. If it can go wrong, it will. All right. There's going to be a time where your car breaks or you get sick or you have to be hospitalized or, you know, something happens in your house or, you know what, it could be whatever. If you are so financially tight that you can't even spend $400 on something, you got to take a look at your finances. All right. Because savings is that threshold that keeps your head above water. It's like your life jacket, all right? Because the world of finance and life itself is like being in a sea and your savings is your your life raft or your life jacket keeping you above afloat. And I can't even count as many times I've, you know, I've, I've, I've a decent savings that that savings has saved my butt from having to put everything on a credit card and have the accrue interest on it monthly. Yeah, so it, it really is something that you have to have, all right? So, um, and uh, 
they're on the article they have a girl who's a lady talking about this about her dad he said my dad told me after buying my first car with payments that once i paid it off i needed to keep contributing that money into my savings and by the time i needed a new car i'll have money saved for it and hopefully not need to have payments and this is honestly a big dave ramsey thing too all right if you're making payments on that on your car once you pay that car off it is not time to get a new car all right what you should do is go ahead and keep making payments into your savings account the same amount you've been spending any month because you're already used to living life without that money anyways because you've been putting it towards a car so put it towards your savings account that way when you really do need another car you could probably almost go ahead and pay it off or if not a majority of it so savings account is really is that thing that keeps your head afloat in life yeah and with with savings a lot of a lot of the good things is you just need to remember like we talked about what to go just review your spending habits see what where you spend a lot of extra money on and see if you can cut back on that and be able to put money to the side. Um, I know that one good way nowadays we all have our smartphones so we can set up a budgeting app or some sort of personal finance app that allows you to see um, what, what you're doing, <clears throat> what you're doing with your money and how you can set it up for your savings account to have that emergency fund or investing fund available. You can also do different things just to kind of save money instead of maybe you're like a person that loves to go out and do family things on the weekend. Well, there's ways you can do that for free. Go into a park, go into a public you know, venue or something like that that doesn't necessarily charge you lots of money to have very good quality time. And um, I know some people will probably hate me for saying this one, but you could also sometimes just break up with brand names. I mean, sometimes the knockoffs, like if you're going to Walmart and getting groceries, you know, or if you're going to Albertsons or Tom Thumb, they have their their select brand you know that's cheaper or i know that some people love with specific shoes but you can get off knocks that way if you wanted to or mm-hmm. <laughs> purses or billfolds like they carry the same amount of money they don't have to have the specific logo i know <laughs> my wife is completely opposite on that but there are ways you can save money easily and use things also you know depending on on what you're trying to do for your specific goals you can get that set up so just just remember the so far the number one is is living within your means and two, just get smart with your savings. Savings can be difficult, especially when finances are tight. But you know, no matter what, overall, your money situations, if you if you stash them away, it'll help you later on in the long run. So um, there are, if you ever have time, there's also, you could type in specific ways to start saving money um, based off what you can cut from what your monthly habits are. So never, never be ashamed of looking to see what you do and what you spend a lot of when you look through your your financial chart and be like, man, I spent a lot of money on these energy drinks, which I know that I did that for a while where you're looking through like, wow, I spent this much money on Starbucks coffee this month or, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa I spent this much time going to the nail salon. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like there's sometimes you'd be shocked how much money you spend because those little tiny like $3, $4, $5 purchases don't seem like a lot. But by the end of the month, I spent like 50, 60, maybe a hundred bucks, you know, going to the gas station. So it's like, wow, we need to hold back. So, so sometimes those small and almost like, what you think doesn't even really matter things actually add up quite a bit. So sometimes you can be shocked how much money you're saving there if you just sit down again and, and zero out your budget. All right, after that, we're going to go to number three, which is nowhere to stash your cash. Um, we have Frank who learned from his dad, which the best advice that he got from his dad was to start saving money in a bank account when I was younger. But the worst advice was never to put that money away in a stock market. And now I'm a portfolio manager, which this this one's pretty huge. Um, I think I talked about this last week, but you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the parable with Jesus. And when Jesus was talking about the three men who were given some some money, 
and the, the person goes off for, for a while and they, they return. And then as he talks to the three men, the first man said, oh, hey, yeah, I have your money, but I've, you know, I've increased it tenfold. We'll use that as a suggestion. And then so he gets his ten, tenfold and it's like, oh, wow, that's really good. Awesome. He congratulates him. The second guy comes and goes, look, I doubled, my, I doubled your money, your investment money. Well, it's like, oh, awesome. This is really cool. Then he comes to the third guy, you know, and the third guy says, look, I was scared that you were going to be upset with me, so I didn't want to lose your money. So what I did is I just buried that little bit of money that I had into the ground. And now I know the numbers. I'm, I've construed the numbers just to kind of make it just real off the top of my head practical. And he pulls the money out and say it's a coin. And then he has the coin and he gives it to the master. And the master's upset with him. And he's like, well, you know, like, why am I, why are you upset? At least I still have the money that you gave me. And he goes, yeah, but you what you could have done there is you could have actually at least put it away in savings to get the compounding interest off of the money. And I think a lot of the times we forget about inflation. We forget about the idea of the American dollar where, yeah, it's good to put money away, but it's it's even better when your money is making money for you. And the best way to do that is to find a ways to invest it with places that give you interest. And so just like in the parable, we find that the, the master comes back and he rewards the two that spent time and harvested that those specific needs that, the, that he had given them for a better future and then took away like what the guy that did, that did nothing with the money he was giving. And I think it's so applicable to what Frank is saying is that the worst advice he, he ever, you know, he got was not knowing of where to put his money or put it in the stock market. And I think that's crucial because it's so important that our money begins to compound if it's putting it in stock markets, if it's putting it in bonds, if it's putting it in a market where it allows the the interest to grow on it. So that means your money is always growing. When you're sleeping, your money is growing. When you're doing other things and you're working hard, that money that's put away is still growing. And so that's what's so important is that your if your money never has the opportunity to grow, then your money is actually losing its value. I know we don't really always think about this, but every year inflation can be between two to three percent. Especially this year. Yeah. So what what does that mean? That means that if if you had money sitting in your checking account and it stayed there and it wasn't invested for a for a for an interest rate to grow or to go in the stock market and to potentially grow higher, it's losing its value. So what it was that year before is now actually worth less yeah. so it wasn't gaining over sleep it was losing over your sleep so that's that's the worst thing they go on to say here that keeping your money in a bank account is smart but not the only not only because it's insured but also because many banks today offer high interest rates on their savings accounts which i may not 100 percent agree with with their statement most of the savings accounts nowadays are pretty small and what frank talks about is he wished he had learned at an early age where he could have invested it. And that's why we kind of did the do the podcast is to let people like y'all listening know where you could put your money. If you're putting it in a in a, a pretty simple passive way of investing, putting it in a, an index fund. You know, you don't have to have somebody actively manage it with financial advisor. You can put that in and let it gain over time. And statistically, it's always beaten most of the people that are trying to beat the market and it grows up. You know, over the years, it's always proven itself. It's a simple way. You could put it, like I said earlier, and long and put it in specific bonds or specific things that we talk about, but it allows your money to grow. Anything you want to say on that before we go on to the next one, Matthew? Uh, you pretty much hit it, but just have an idea. It goes back to planning, which actually leads up into number four, you know, plan for the future. Uh, KDE said, my dad stressed how important a job with a pension is. The sad thing is that he died the day he retired, but my mom reaped the benefits of his pension and social security. You got to have a plan. Yeah. You got to have a plan for your family financially, spiritually, physically. What's the goal for your family? And, and the, you know, since we're talking about finances, obviously, uh, 
you got to have a plan for your money. And this goes back to all the previous three. Where's your money going? What, where are you putting it at? All right. I mean, I'm big on generational wealth. You know, I want to create, I want to leave something behind for my kids that they can have to maybe make their life just a bit easier. And I hope it moves on to the grandkids and the great grandkids as well. Um, you know, retirement, if you know, if, that, if that's your goal to work until you're 65 and then retire or whatever the age is, um, you know, start now, start as soon as possible. You know, the longer you put your money in the market, the more time you get that compounding power yeah. that's going to make your money infinitely more valuable than it is today. You know, 50 years from now, your money could possibly quadruple, quintuple, you know, sectuple, whatever, whatever those words are, you know, so now is the time to, to uh, put your money away for the future. Make sure that um, you're setting yourself up and your family up for success. Um, what do you think, Michael? Yeah, I think, I think planning for your future is the most important thing. Uh, especially the younger you are, I think if you the earlier you start, the the better chance your nest egg is what I like to call it will will have had more time to grow. It's like you're taking that that little egg, that baby, and then ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, depending on when you start. If you start in your early twenties, it's really good. If you start you know start in your thirties, you kind of you know still you have time. Forties and fifties is still still good. It's just you don't have as much time for that compounding. So the earlier you start, obviously you want to think of your future. I think it's hard for a lot of young people to think about their future because they're in that me now moment or like, what can I do now? Okay. I've just started working and I'm finally just kind of in adulthood now. And we don't think about our, we don't really want to think about it, but one day we will be old and we'll be older and our family will be grown up. It's so important. So advice I'd give to a kid that's starting off maybe in a new, at an early job or has a good job. If your company has the match 401, 401k yeah. where they match what you put in, please take it because yeah, free money and it's going to add out. And with the compounding, it will grow over time. I don't know how many people they just, I don't really, they they ever give you a good reason, but they just choose not to do it or they just don't, they don't take advantage of it. And so that's a wasted opportunity or there's situations that you can learn about when you get older with annuities and, you know, stuff like that where you're, yeah, it's insurance based, but it allows you to have payments for that as well. So just, plan for the future if not for yourself do it for your family do it for your little ones because over time with compounding interest it's it's insane i think i saw a i saw a stat the other day it was it was talking about a obviously this was for a 20 25 year old i think but if a 25 year old made forty thousand and invested i believe it was oh eight hundred eight hundred or something like that i think a month for the rest for 40 years but when he decided to retire he'd have over three million and something dollars in his oh, retirement yeah goodness. which is a lot of money but again it's that long compounding and staying consistent um i also saw one on, i think it was on instagram where a guy says well, america has it all backwards he's like if we would just think about our future like we think about wanting to go and buy like a vehicle he said if we were to say hey instead of spending 500 dollars every month on a brand new vehicle trade it in for in a few years and then get a higher payment at 550 and continue doing that and we always oh, we, we end up with a useless asset that's losing value he said if americans would do that and be like hey I start off with $500 a month, but give it to my retirement or give it to my my portfolio. And then a few years from, okay, now I'll do 600 and then I'll do 700 do 800 By the end of the time you you retired or you finished up, you're you're looking at compounding of millions of dollars instead of uh, just several hundred thousand dollars. But it's like we just had this mentality of like we put it to something and we're losing money and losing asset value instead of putting it away into like our investing style of – maybe, you know, your portfolio or your index and allowing it to grow. So it's just, 
it's just really important to start thinking of your future. I know it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. In my 20s, I didn't really think about my future until later on in my 20s. So it's just, it's really, it's, you know, it's just hard to think about. And I think you're, you're never too far. There's different, there actually are investment strategies that say like, you're looking, you're listening to this podcast and you're like 60s or 70s. There are things that you can do that you can get involved with. Maybe it's more with insurance and stuff like that, but there are different ways that you can do it to allow yourself to have a decent retirement. But the earlier you start, I mean, I even know that for myself, which is a gut punch for me. I wish I, I think that everybody says that. I wish I would have known earlier. I wish I would have learned earlier. So anyways, so that again, that was planned for your future, which is really great. And then this kind of just goes along with what I just talked about. But the last tip that, uh, that Glenda gives, it says the best advice my dad gave me was to save more than you think you can. And don't try to keep up with the Joneses. That's math insane. And don't make impulsive purchases, which is kind of what I just talked about, about not going out and thinking that you should buy the next best vehicle, the next best iPhone, the next best laptop, you know, like being smart with your decision choices and allowing you to maybe put that money that you have away and invest it for growth in the long term. See, uh, it kind of gives us details. It says it's true. Department stores have sneaky ways to come and trick you into spending their money. Like, like the evil bad guy. For example, if a deal sounds too good to be true, it most likely could be, but always calculate the percentage of your savings before jumping in and offering up your hard earned stashed money away to buy something on a down payment or buy something that do you necessarily need? Or is it something that's trending? Is it something that you just want to show off in? That's the worst thing is trying to show off for others because most of the time those people really don't care. So just think before you decide to make huge financial payments. Is this something that's going to appreciate over time, gain value, or is this something that you're going to buy and maybe regret or maybe become more of a, what is that saying? Uh, More of a junk that deal with because it's falling apart and stuff like that. So I don't know. Just kind of keep that, keep that in mind. But anyways, that's, that's today's podcast. We're just excited that we got, you came and listened to us um check us out next week as we come back with some more financial tidbits and advice again this is micah this is mathen thanks for listening to d3 diapers duct tape and dollars one day we'll talk about duct tape anyways be blessed and check out our next episode next week